welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com and I'm sharing a quick podcast today and what I gleaned from a biography on the life of Susanna Spurgeon, who was the wife of Charles Spurgeon. And this um, book was written by Ray Rhodes Jr. And just to kind of start out, um, as a young believer, I really wanted to read books of some of the old guys. I just had some believers, mature believers in my life who did that, but it was a bit intimidating to me. So my first exposure to a quote, not so old guy, was Charles Spurgeon's Morning and Evening Devotional. If you don't have this, grab a copy. I picked up a copy of Alistair Begg's edited version, and it really introduced me to a man who helped me to get a better understanding of what it meant to abide in Christ. So if you don't have that copy, grab it. But if you um, if you don't want to grab the book, head over to Alistair Begg's website, Truth For Life. You can sign up for their daily devotional and every day free in your email or it's on the app, you can read the morning devotional from Charles Spurgeon from that book. So I actually, I will put the link for that somewhere in the show notes too, or in the post for this. So Most of us have been impacted by the writings of Charles Spurgeon. There's probably not too many believers out there who have not heard of Charles Spurgeon. So whether it's through his books or his sermons or the many quotes that we come across as we scroll our social media feeds, Susanna Spurgeon is probably not as familiar to us except for the knowledge that we know that she was married to Charles. So my first introduction to Susanna's writings was in a favored devotional of mine, and it's called Seasons of the Heart, and I use this almost every day still. There's other writers in in the mix of this, but Susanna's writings are so appealing, and Ray Rhodes quoted, I'm going to quote this from his book because he explained it so beautifully. He said about her writings, for she brings her readers into her thoughts of her heart as if she has poured a cup of tea for her guests, invited them to draw near to the fire, and engaged them in conversation. She respected her readers, treating them as friends. End quote there. I love that because that is a beautiful description. So reading Susie, the, the title of the book is The Life and Legacy of Susanna Spurgeon, Wife of Charles H. Spurgeon. It's made me feel like I just got to spend time with a dear friend, and I really didn't want our time to come to an end. It's well-written. It's a complete biography filled with historical records, personal writings from the Spurgeons, and wonderful testimonies from family and friends. And there's photos, right? Everybody loves photos. So I had the opportunity to meet the author, Ray, in person at the G3 conference this past year, well, this year, um, in January. Um, And I'm going to share a bit more about that conference at the end of the podcast. So hang tight with me at the end. And this is a short podcast today. So you can do it, ladies. And it's a conference that my husband and I attend together annually. We just love. But Ray, who is just a bubbling personality and a joy to spend time with, but he is also a really great storyteller. And this book was a page turner and hard to put down. And as I said before, I love the photos because who doesn't love photos in a biography? It really helps us to get a better feel for the people when we can see a photo. 
So there were so many takeaways from this book, and I wanted to share some parts of Susie's life that impacted me. So anytime that I read a Christian biography, I'm usually reading it with my journal open. The hope is that it would help me by God's grace to love and serve him more. And Susie was definitely one of those books. So as I share these, please remember that we are not Charles and Susie. All right. No comparisons here. And the Lord had a special purpose for their lives. But I do always believe that there are things we can learn and glean from others in our walk with the Lord. So here's, I'm just going to kind of go through a list here of different gleanings from Susie's life. So Susie was raised in a home where the scriptures were most likely read and in a time and culture where the Bible was held in high regard. She didn't come to faith until she was a young adult, but because of her early exposure to God's word, she had a good knowledge of it from her childhood. Susie was also an avid reader of solid theological books along with God's word. And because of this, she grew spiritually. She committed herself to practice the spiritual disciplines. If you've not checked out my series on the podcast on that, I so encourage you to do so. It'll hopefully spur you on to get a little more solid and develop a pattern for um, having the habit of spiritual disciplines in your life. Um, continuing there, Susie read through the whole Bible yearly, and she was an avid reader of theological books. Susie meditated on the scriptures, and she had a good working knowledge of the word. She is an encouragement for all of us ladies to seek out good, solid theological resources. Don't settle for superficial material, ladies. I mean, we don't necessarily need to be reading the Puritans, although that is a good thing to be reading. We have some great writers today. But pray and learn to develop biblical discernment, and that's going to come about by spending time in God's Word. Susie's marriage was a priority to her. She was a wonderful helper to her husband, and she had a submissive spirit. They had a very romantic marriage. They wrote love letters to one another throughout their lives. They wrote like a young couple in love. They never got away from the romance of their relationship. It was beautiful. I love how she assured him, even in her love letters, that she was praying for him. That was probably a favorite part of the book for me was reading about their romance. And Ray is working on another book about their romance in the near future her coming out soon so keep an eye out for that and i'm sure i will share that with you as soon as it comes out because i'm looking forward to that one and ernest bacon a friend said of their marriage he said god had certainly made them for each other it was a love match but also a spiritual partnership as every true christian marriage should be end quote there um Susie and Charles, they had many difficult trials and circumstances they dealt with that were ministry-related over their years together, and Susie remained stable and steadfast in her walk with the Lord through them. She had a trusting, strong faith in the Lord, and she was the right woman to be standing by Charles' side. And that's not always easy to do. I know my husband has been in leadership positions Um, throughout our life as believers. And that is hard as a wife sometimes to um, even to watch our husbands go through various trials, whether it's ministry or other related, and to be stable and steadfast for them in our faith in the Lord. And maybe when there's times that it seems like our husband 
is losing faith, we can say, honey, I am here and I am solid and I am not moving and I am praying and I trust the Lord and just reaffirm him. And that's what Susie did for her Charles. And Susanna, here's a quote from her. She said, though we may not at the time see his purpose in the afflictions which he sends us, it will be plainly revealed when the light of eternity falls upon the road along which we have journeyed, end quote there. So Susie was committed to Charles and his ministry. She did not hinder him from his work in any way. She was well loved and cherished by her husband, and her joy was promoting her husband's gospel-centered ministry. She was a good helpmate to her husband. Susie was engaged in service even when she was afflicted. Her eyes were off of herself and on others. And she never made excuses because of her affliction. She really served God faithfully, but again, to the best of her ability. Um, there wasn't evidence that she was a complainer. She was honest about her afflictions and even the difficulties she faced after Charles died, but she never doubted God's faithfulness and his promises. So the legacy that she left us Susie accomplished much in her earthly life, in addition to being the wife of the Prince of Preachers. She was an author, she started a book fund for pastors, planted a church, she was a student of the word, she hiked the Swiss Alps, she was the mother of twin boys, she was content in the shadow of her husband, she served Christ faithfully, she loved the gospel and provided a warm, loving home that was prayerful. Susie's life reminded me that every day is a gift and all is grace. God is good and faithful always. Suffering is part of our earthly life, and the hope is we will respond with faith and trust in our God with hearts that are joy-filled and thankful. And Susie's story encouraged me of the importance of being a supportive and encouraging wife to my husband. I desire to be an excellent helper to him and not hinder the work of the Lord in his life, but help flourish it in any way I can. This book was edifying and challenging. Ladies, if you haven't picked it up yet, you will be blessed by it. And if you enjoy Charles Spurgeon, it's going to give you a better picture of who he was through the life of his wife, because Charles would not be Charles without Susanna. And Ray said at the end, she loved her husband, she loved Jesus, and she had served God faithfully. And those are sweet, precious words, my friends, that we would all love to hear at the end of our days. Jesus is enough always. And Susie knew that. So ladies, thanks for your time today. And you can find a link to grab a copy of the book and check out the whole post at the link in the show notes for this particular podcast. And also, I'm going to talk about the G3 conference before I go away. If you're in the Atlanta area or you can get there in January, I'd love you to join me at the 2020 G3 conference. G3 stands for Gospel, Grace, and Glory. It's an annual conference put on by Praise Mill Baptist Church, who's led by the pastor is Josh Bice. And there's tons of speakers. I'm going to throw out a few names here. I don't want to, I hate to do that, but just to get, so you can get a feel of the speakers of the conference. There's John MacArthur, Vody Bacham, Paul Washer, Steve Lawson, and so many other just really solid theological speakers. And the 
year, um, the theme this year is worship. And I'm just going to read this from their website on the conference details because I was very lazy and it was much easier than me rewriting this in my own words. Plus they covered it pretty clearly. So um, at the G3 website, they just said the worship of God has both a theological foundation that must not be ignored as well as practical implications for every Christian and local church. Does God mandate how we worship? And how do we discern what is acceptable worship to God? Um, in an age where pastors are entering the pulpit on zip lines and where motorcycle stunts are being attempted as illustrations during corporate worship, we must ask ourselves, what does God expect and what does he forbid? So at the 2020 G3 conference, we're going to look at the subject of worship of God, seeking to understand the theological foundation and real life implications for us in the context of our local churches. So I would love to see you there, friends, and I will put a link to the conference uh, in the show notes too. So have a very blessed week, my dear friends. Mm -hmm.